Welcome to If These Balls Could Talk, where each of us brings forth five topics to discuss. We have taken the show back from those phase boys, but we want to give a shout out to Tim and Doug. With this weekend being WrestleMania weekend, we've decided to make this a special pro wrestling episode. My name is Mark Pesci, and with me as always is the Triple H to my Shawn Michaels, John Campania. What's going on, John? Oh yeah, brother. <laughs> What's going on, man? That's Hogan. I don't care. <laughs> it was a pretty it's good the only voice Hogan, I, I can do, man. What's going on, Mark? How's life? Uh, life, life is pretty good. It's pretty busy. You know, I don't sleep anymore. For listeners, Mark has That's come fine. from some sort of fancy realtor thing, and he looks very nice. I I had a meeting earlier today, and so and I just never changed. You do look fancy. Yeah. I have my well, fancy you, pants on. They say get lit. Ooh, and show us have, your fancy pants. They have reindeers. <laughs> If only the Aww. audience could see. <laughs> <laughs> I am wearing pants, I promise. Maybe one of these days we'll do a live episode so we can oh. see. Mm. As per that's, usual. That's called foreshadowing, guys. <laughs> as per usual with us is our producer and our version of The Flash, Barry Allen, Pete Steffen. How are you doing, Pete? Doing good. I'm finally feeling better after like two weeks of being sick. Is that because he travels in time, Mark? Yes. Hey. Really? Every time. <laughs> so pete you're 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 finally not sick finally not sick it's been like this nasty chest cold for a while but i finally got out of my system like a hundred percent like two three days ago went running this today felt finally like myself again how so, far did you run god oh, just two miles good for you Ju- but just two decent. miles two miles and it was all the first mile was just up a giant hill so yeah giant hill you it's shut been, up it's been like a month i think since i ran i only ran a mile back then but i've been walking really, again so I have you to, guys yeah, can just shut up get going it's getting warmer it's getting yeah. nicer out we although we picked the this. coldest day of the week to run oh i know it was yeah, so it's cold it's today. winter again in upstate new york everyone it was, it was so 70 cold. degrees yesterday and but then shorts the anyway. skies opened up and the wind knocked <laughs> everything down and it snowed in yeah. march yay welcome living in the northeast april welcome to the northeast mm-hmm. don't worry we've had snow in april with us today oh, yeah. is another returning guest, Matt Angier. Welcome back to the podcast, Matt. Hi, guys. Welcome. Thanks for having me again. We got to know Matt pretty well last time, but let's dig a little deeper, shall we? Now, Matt, we specifically asked you to be on the show with WrestleMania weekend in mind. For those that are not aware, WrestleMania is put on by World Wrestling Entertainment, or the WWE, and is known as the greatest spectacle in sports entertainment. Mr. Angier, you have attended two WrestleManias live and in person as well. Which ones did you go to, and what was the craziest thing that happened, or what match do you remember the most? Uh, My first one was uh, I went to WrestleMania 10 down Madison Square Garden. Oh, that's a good one. That was a a great WrestleMania to have. Um, You know, anywhere from, you know, you had Bretton Owen, you had... Uh, Razor and Shawn Michaels in the ladder match, the first ladder match, just amazing to see that many people. Like that was my the biggest stadium I've been in for a a wrestling event. Like, like I've done a couple Royal Rumbles, I've done a couple other pay per views, but WrestleMania was so that one was great. Um, just because it was my first, and then um, I went to WrestleMania 18 up in Toronto, which again had great match. You know, at Rock Hogan, Mm -hmm. uh, Triple H, Jericho rick flair and the undertaker and you know and so that one was great um i think the highlight of that one though was during the ddp christian match 
you know, DDP ran out into this, the fans and ran right past us. <laughs> nice. So oh. I think, you know, that, that was probably the if highlight. We had smartphones one. back then. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? You know, we had, there was, uh, uh, I think it was Drowning Pool did uh, Let the Bodies Hit the Floor Live. Ah, and, nice. Uh, there was, was some that, other Was band. 10 the one that Burt Reynolds um, was in the ring for a little bit? Uh, no, that the, was. For uh, the Yokozuna was, fight, right? That was 11. That was eleven. He was, he was an eleven because they had close. Pam Anderson. Yeah, they had That's Pam Anderson and Jenny McCarthy. I remember. There, I, I just I remember always wondering how Yokozuna was so fat. Oh, you know. know, you know what blew me away that Yokozuna was not Japanese. <laughs> <laughs> right yeah he yeah he's the samoan line he was he's, a, he's an uso he's an uso he's an uso he's in the wow. you know, yeah he's in that uh, yeah, family he, he's rock's cousin he's uh the the uso brothers uncle rikishi's brother so pete your homework to learn about the world wrestling federation is to watch young rock and just learn about their life that's oh, a good idea. That's, yeah, that's true. That's that's a good idea. That actually gives you a really good idea of what like growing up in the WWE was like for them because they were literally all cousins and they were literally all in it their whole life. All right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the Usos, you can tie the Usos to pretty much any lineage. The Wild Samoans, Fatu, Afa, uh, Sika, all those guys. They're they're all related. <laughs> wow. I was surprised to see Tamina was another one of their cousins. Like, so yep. there's like yep. four Tamina. or five res wrestlers that are on the roster right now. That Nia Jax, Nia Jax is Nia Jax. related to him. Yep. Yep. Mm -hmm. And then now Rock's daughter is in NXT. She is. Yeah. She's, yeah, she I is. Mean, I, I think Ava Reigns or something like that. Cool. And then um, Umaga's son is training to for with NXT really? right now. And Umaga was is related to all the Usos, <laughs> so it's just a whole like that's the the lineage, like that's the family line right there. I, I do want to go back to another WrestleMania one of these years. You, you know what? And do like it, the full experience. The the WrestleManias now are nothing compared to what they were twenty years ago. I mean, now they're in giant football stadiums. I mean, this is the one in the three billion dollar stadium in Los Angeles, and. My God, I mean, just being at the uh, in that stadium, which I can't think of the name of right now. Three. I mean, it's a three billion dollar building. I would just love to just walk in there one day. Right. Yeah. Damn. All right. Since you guys won't promote me and just keep promoting my wife instead, I'm just going to take one of these questions for myself here. Take some more responsibility on. That sounds like a good idea, Pete. All right. So here goes. All right, Matt. We've known you for many, many years, like going way back, like 20-ish years almost. Ish, yeah. So knowing that, uh, we've heard a lot of stories of you know, one of your favorite yearly activities. Um, it's your weekend camp out with a bunch of your buddies. So, uh, beat boys <laughs> trip. <laughs> yes. Um, so since I've um, used to do an annual long camping weekend and boat day with a bunch of friends, my wife, of course, on Northern Lake George for the COVID times, uh, I can totally get the appeal of just going out there into the wild and just having a great time. So how long have you done it? Um, how has it evolved over the years and gotten more insane? I'm sure. Uh, just how rugged are we talking here? And most importantly, when are you planning your son Mason's first year of attendance? All right. Uh, so the, the trip that I go on it, this is their, uh, this year coming up will be, uh, I believe the 44th year 
that they've been doing it. Um, I not, not your forty fourth year. No, or no, maybe no. His forty fourth year. Since birth. I, it could be. I mean, I could have since birth. Yeah, I, that's where I was conceived. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, um, this will be my sixth trip. or seventh year. Um, okay. I can't remember because with COVID we missed one year. Oh yeah. But, you know, obviously COVID took a, a chunk because the year before COVID, we had 100 guys. The year of COVID, we had 36. Um, wow. You so went camping it, with 100 guys? Yeah. Holy shit. Mm-hmm. That does not sound Yeah, like we went through about 26 kegs of beer oh in my four God. days. Six. Yeah. Damn. <laughs> yep. Some 30 Holy. packs. It's a, it's a lot of drinking. Um, there's nothing else to do. There's no TV. There's no radio. There's no cell phones yep. there's nothing drink, you drink by you fire, sit around games, drink pretty much you, you sit in the water you, you play drink. card games we play uh not so much card games really? um but we'll play like pong with mm. you know with the actual ping pong table um we'll play baseball we play um not actual like bat and ball baseball right, but right, we have right, a drinking yeah. game baseball um oh, that's we a good play, game you know they call it T-Man. It's a dice game. Um, c- cornhole, uh, can jam, all that stuff. We just, you know, we we play a game where we all sit and don't take this wrong. We all sit in a circle and <laughs> you, know, you, you smack know your shoulders. Game. Yeah. You know, you smack your shoulder. If somebody screws up, they have to drink. And the first time they take a sip, the second time you drink an entire beer. Um, you know, it's, it's pretty rough. It's, it's a harsh it's, ramp up right there. Yeah, I mean, you, you you get warm weather. It's 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 not. It doesn't smell good. Um, <laughs> you know, there's how there's many, no bathroom. I was at the time going from Wednesday to Sunday. That's a lot of days. Now That's I just do. Yeah, now I just do Fridays and Saturday nights. Um, those are the big big days. Those that's when the most people are there. So you know, it, it's it's fun. It's a it's it's like a fraternity. Um, you know, it's the same guys every year. It's probably the only time you're going to see these guys every year. And you just, you have fun and treat each other like garbage and just talk to (laughs) crap to each other. And, you know, it's just, but it's all in good fun. And, you know, we have certain food nights and everybody chips in and helps prep the the dinners and preps the, the breakfasts and, you know, cooking for 180 to 100 guys is, you know, go through That's a lot of small food. task. I th- yeah. <laughs> no, I, I think I think the grocery bill last year was twenty nine hundred dollars. Yeah. So you know, I mean, it, it, there's a lot to it, but it's a lot of fun, and I look forward to it. And I think, and Mason is will go as soon as he's twenty one. I mean, you split that up a hundred ways. That's only twenty nine dollars a person. That's not that bad. Uh, right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think it costs us a hundred bucks a, a year. For 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 uh, three nights, yeah, that's awesome. You know that that covers food, that covers the beer, that covers you know the porta potties that we rent, and you know, and everybody sleeps in their tent, sleeps in their cars, you know, wherever wherever you kind of crash. We've had people. So forty four years. How did it start? My a uh, friend of mine, his dad, and a couple of his friends just started it, and kind of was like, hey, let's go camping one year, and then just grew and kept growing, 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 and. Now we're where we're at. Amazing. So, guys, you can probably tell 
I have a little bit of a problem with wanting to accomplish too much. And so recently I decided I wanted a new challenge on top of being an inspiring radio personality. And I uh, joined Jamie's PTA at school. And Woo-hoo. so I think I'm the motivation for that might have been inspired by you telling me you've been a member of your son's PTA for a while now. So my question is, first off, does it get any easier? And um, <laughs> what's your favorite part? And any tips for dads who want to be more involved in their kids' school activities? Yeah, I, you know, this is my second year doing it. Um, I'm the treasurer. Hey, I'm the treasurer. Uh, actually, my third year doing it, but the second year as a treasurer. Um, treasurer I-5. Woo! There we go. Here, here I'm going go. for president. I've got my I'm nominations not. in for president next year. I, I enjoy it. I like it. I, I originally joined because I figured I'd have a better knowledge of what's going on in the school. But it's nice. You get to know what's going to come, what's coming up, what, you know, and you can be involved in it and you can be just there. Sadly, I'm the only male member that is active in the PTA. There's fathers that are, that join the PTA. My, my wife calls them the, my, my PTA moms, <laughs> my, my mom gang. Um, I have uh, a mom gang now too. It's yeah, so interesting. It's, right. And, you know, it's like, oh, who's that texting? You know, it's just the moms. <laughs> Don't worry. Yeah, you know, but uh, but I love it. And most recently, we just did a movie night at his school um, trying to just get, you know, school community, trying to get things back going. Now the COVID's kind of, well, people quote, unquote, in over their, in their like in the way they handled these like kind of second level social experiences where they're just not used to doing them anymore. Right. Um, we mm-hmm. recently, and you guys probably saw my socials, but we recently did a big chicken fundraiser. Um, so Brooks Barbecue, which is out in Western New York, not a sponsor. Um, <laughs> they um do barbecue fundraisers all around the area, and so they do a whole open chicken, which is awesome, which I never even knew about. And um, I took a big part in this one, and we made a ton of money, and it was both hard and stressful and kind of fun. So mm-hmm. uh, it's been really interesting. Yep, it it is. It's hard to coordinate and and just try and get the word out there. Just because, like you said, people don't know how to socialize anymore. They don't know how to be part of a large group of people. Um, we did the movie night, and you know, we we we've made three hundred fifty dollars just on snack sales. Wow! Wow! You know, it's like. Nothing, you know, and and just donations. People donate, seeing what we're doing for the for the kids and like activities that we're planning for these kids. Like we we do an ice cream social at the beginning of every year, so all the kids that are new to the school can get together and kind of mingle and meet. And the things that I am learning, which are both very interesting, is first, um, schools, especially smaller ones, are motivated by the PTA. I mean, we're putting on the events where the kids are having fun outside of their classwork, but we're also supporting the teachers. Um, Mm -hmm. And when the teachers don't have budgets and they need more support, it's good to have like a source of fundraising. Mm -hmm. I'm also learning, like I'm putting on a lot of different hats, like I'm putting on a marketing hat that I'm working on with this too. And so I have some background experience with my tea stuff, but like putting on a marketing hat and putting on a finance hat and putting on a planning hat and just like listening to a bunch of different people with a bunch of different ideas. So it's been really kind of uh, interesting experience so far. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's fun. It it is stressful, but it's fun. I I mean, especially when you get to the events and you see the kids having fun, yeah. you know, yeah. I mean, obviously your daughter's older than 
my guy right now, but it's still, it's a smile, even older, smile. even older in her head. Yeah. yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> But you know, and, and as a treasure, like the one thing we did that just is easy money-making is I went to a local beverage center and set up an account and just drop your bottles off, label it the school. And there you go. We, we made $550 just on bottles last year. Wow. People dropping bottles off. Easy that's fundraiser. A, that's a pretty good idea. Yeah. 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 I mean, all, all you got to do is go to the beverage center and say, hey, these are for whatever school. Hmm? And they, they keep an account. And at the end of the year, I go withdraw the money and we deposit it into the bank. And, you know, nobody has to do anything. They're, they're not doing anything more than what they would do to return wow. their bottles. What do you do, Oliver? So, not a sponsor. Uh, no, <laughs> Star Beverage and Colony. Cool. Oliver's probably does that too. Oh yeah, they all do it. All right, let's say we get started. Are you ready, everyone? Yes, sir. Yes. So this may be quite the understatement, but Lamar Jackson has had an interesting yet tumultuous offseason. He recently tweeted that on March 2nd, he officially requested the Ravens to trade him. He is most undoubtedly upset that the Ravens haven't offered him a contract comparable to the fully guaranteed one that Deshaun Watson got from the Browns. The Ravens laid the non-exclusive franchise tag on him, so his salary would be a measly $32 million if he signed the tender. But he remains unhappy with the team still. In fact, it has been reported by ESPN, among others, that he may sit out the entire next season. So, gentlemen, do we agree or disagree with how Lamar Jackson is dealing with the Ravens? I mean, I think that Lamar Jackson has a problem. And that problem is that he's not as good as he thinks he is and um it must I be totally hard disagree well no just okay. it must be hard to see guys like daniel jones my boy make 40 million dollars a year <laughs> and him getting ignored by everybody by the ravens and by the commanders and by the, the lions the lions literally said nope goff's our guy and i mean with the skill set that Lamar Jackson has, you think it would be a no-brainer for teams. So I think that there's something we don't know. And part of it could be attitude. Is it is it the fact that it's not really Daniel Jones? It's, it really is Deshaun Watson. But for whatever reason, he thinks because Deshaun Watson got that money, well, I deserve that money. And not not really feeling the temperature in the room. Because remember, he doesn't have an agent. He's representing himself. So something like that. I mean, he's not really thinking of this as from a business perspective. He's really just, I want to make the most money as I can. I think I am. He probably thinks he's better than Deshaun Watson, which I would probably not say is fully accurate. Now, he was offered like a five year, $250 million contract by the Ravens, but only $133 million was guaranteed. So but that was still an average of $50 million a year that he he could have made. I mean, I think the real big teller, and you guys can disagree, but the real big teller is that the Panthers are building a thing, right? DJ Shark and and um, uh, what's it face from the Eagles? I mean, they're they're putting something together, and they would rather send all of their trade capital over to the Bears so that they can get Bryce Young instead of just signing Lamar Jackson, who's kind of a proven commodity. So, I mean, there's something going on. Well, it's also the fact that, you know, they would have to give up two first round picks if they wanted to steal them away from the Ravens. But I, I don't I mean, who who knows? Yeah. You're, like you said, John, who knows what the real story is behind all this? I mean, he clearly clearly his feelings are hurt for whatever I mean, reason. Right. They're spending money. 
Carolina. And I think Carolina is a really good example. Um, but so Carolina is spending money and they would rather an unknown versus a known. I, I think it's coming down to one thing. Guaranteed money. Owners have yeah. all gotten together and they said, nope, we do not want to give guaranteed money to anybody. Not nearly in that amount. That's the only thing it is. Yeah, the Browns really screwed up the market with doing what they did with Deshaun Watson. Yeah, it, it yeah. was... And to like the least deserving freaking human being on the planet. Mm -hmm. And it, unfortunately that ruined it for everybody. Um, Cause all the owners have pretty much gotten together and said never again. That's what I well, think and is then, going on. You know, Kyler Murray got a good amount of guaranteed money. Russell Wilson got a good amount of guaranteed money. Uh, owners say, yeah, I think have looked at what they did. And it's like, well, we probably shouldn't do that. I mean, it's the same thing with Ezekiel Elliott. They, the Cowboys gave Zeke all that money. And now and everyone's like, well, why are we paying running backs this much when I can easily pick up maybe one or two from the draft rookie contracts? So the other thing that I find weird, though, is like you say Lamar is not like you don't think he's as good as he thinks he is. He plays at NFL MVP level every week that he's healthy. But like he has to be 400 healthy. plus yards passing, five touchdowns. Right. Well, Baltimore because, isn't helping him at all in that regard. He's like, please well, give me uh, wide receivers. No, we'll trade them all away. But he's not getting hurt because of his awful wide receivers. <laughs> I mean, he's got to sit there I in the pocket the NFL and can't do anything because they no And I mean, if you look at every really super high caliber team, there are not a lot of pure running quarterbacks that are in front of them. And I, I just, I don't think in this age of a 1A and 1B, like we've discussed, passing NFL, that they want that. They, they look at, you know, the Bengals. The Bengals had... Everyone wants to have a rookie quarterback now. Like, I, that mm. seems to be like the... It's, it's either you have a rookie quarterback or you're, you're going to pay Danny Dimes $40 million. That's, there's, there seems to be like nothing in between now. You're going to just go there right on the end? Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. $40 million. Daniel Jones. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> this is, this is, just, this is his third year, right? <laughs> This is his, this fifth, is his year. fifth year. Fifth oh, year. fifth year. Okay. They did not pick up his fifth year deal when they thought he was going to be a And I bet you they wish they did now. <laughs> in, tw they, in 2022, they thought this is the last year for Daniel Jones. And then they went and got a, pa a, 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 you know, coach of the year. And now Daniel Jones is a commodity again. I think the NFL is funny, too, because if you look at that and you look at all the really the best systems in the NFL, it's, a lot of the pieces are interchangeable. In a world where there's a next topic. So writing this question, you guys, I almost would have guaranteed that Mark read it, but he didn't. But we're talking about Lamar Jackson. So let's talk about their neighbors, the Washington Commanders. Mark, it's finally happened. Uh, two groups submitted fully funded $6 billion bids for the Washington Commanders on Tuesday. Uh, the Josh Harris Mitchell Rails group now includes, guess what? Magic Johnson. And another fully funded bid came in from Canadian billionaire Steve in the John Hard names, or I'm going to try to say this, Apostolopoulos. And I think I said that wrong. <laughs> so Greek. Um, yeah. Harris, who grew up in Bethesda, Maryland, co-founded Apollo Management in 1990, and he has a net worth of $5.8 billion, according to Forbes. Now, as we discussed before, the sale began last fall when multiple investigations into the team's workplace culture and finances forced a sale by the NFL. And so, with our continued coverage, I felt obligated to put this in my questions. Can a different set of billionaires fix a struggling Washington commanders? And does it move away from Dan Snyder 
motivate local free agents like Lamar Jackson to move to this neighboring team. It is it it is possible that things can change moving from one awful billionaire to another billionaire who we don't necessarily know how awful that might be. It is still not 100% guaranteed that Daniel Snyder is selling the team, though. And it's not fully guaranteed that if he does sell it, that he's not selling all of his shares. Because he is the sole owner of the, of the commanders. And it's kind of awful to think that he could get $6 billion from this deal. Although, keep in mind, it's not really all going to him. Uh, it's going to go to some people that have helped him with the deal. And then he's also got legal fees that he's going to have to pay for with this he, lawsuit. I, I mean, lawsuits. he was pretty much the billionaire who bought the Redskins mm-hmm. um, when he went through this whole same process when they mm-hmm. were for sale last time. It really all depends because it depends on what the uh, what the philosophy of the ownership is going to be. I mean, we look at, you know, the Mets. The Mets now have, you know, Uncle Steve who's willing to spend all this money. But Uncle, Steve, he, Uncle Steve's the best. Uncle Steve is the best. But then, hey, then you also have, the, I mean, the Red Sox had, uh, you know, the, the group led by John Henry. They wanted to spend all that money and now they don't. So it really all depends on the philosophy of, of the ownership of what they want to do and whether or not they really want to win. Because you can have a profitable NFL team without winning any games. That was the Bills for mm-hmm. 20 years. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so Pagulas or Pagulas or whatever. But like yep. in, in business and in sports, and, and you can see this all across a ton of different organizations, management really does start from the top, right? Absolutely. And the commanders are kind of a train wreck, even though they have some good skill players now, first time in a while. Um, they have been kind of, with all that Dan Snyder money, you'd think that they would get good, and they haven't yet. Well, that's not all on Daniel Snyder. That's also got to do with other people in upper management. I mean, yeah, true. we haven't really seen a successful commander's team with, with Snyder uh, at the top. The last time the Redskins won the Super Bowl was in the mid-90s, I believe. And that was before Against he owned Buffalo. the team. Uh, yeah, 92 season. No, 91 season. season. Yeah. Wasn't it fifty two seventeen or something ridiculous blowout? No, no, no. That was that was a Dallas game. It was oh, thirty. Okay. It was thirty something to twenty four. Oh, okay. And, I mean, uh, we'll, we'll we'll see. I mean, uh, you know, Daniel Snyder was not the only awful billionaire out there. There's there's lots of them that think that they can get away with just about anything that they want because just because they have and a lot another of money. Repe- another repeating issue. And we're talking about um, the things that the commanders are doing. Eric Bieniemy is the new OC. And so True. what does that mean? True. I mean, we'll I like we'll that. see. We'll see what happens with the, with that. Yeah. I, I, I like the fact that the enemy is looking for a, a new challenge. The fact, I think he does, unfortunately, because of who he is and what he looks like, he has to do something to differentiate himself from other candidates. And he has to get away from Patrick Mahomes. If he succeeds in Washington, which I hope he does, me uh, then that should open up a lot more doors and open up a lot more eyes. I sure hope so. I mean, we can't talk about the youth, the young uh, talent on that team, right? And I, I've said this before. They have a really lot like, of really good, good young talent, especially really on the like defensive Terry, line. Yeah, they I had like some Terry McLaurin good games a lot this past um, year, too. Now that Brian Robinson isn't shot, he's really a passable <laughs> running back so far. He, he ended the season very strong. Mm-hmm. Love me some Terry McLaurin, too. 
Love I mean, yeah, you, you have Chase right. Young and the uh, Keith Sweat and is it Keith Sweat? No, Montez Sweat. Montez Sweat. Yeah. <laughs> Keith Sweat so was a nineties na- hip hop singer. Are we just naming nineties <laughs> rappers? Because that's awesome. <laughs> Amazing. But I, I mean, the, they they have a, a young, very talented defensive line. I also really love Jahan Dotson. I really love Logan Thomas. Mm-hmm. I mean, these are all Logan really Thomas good young players that are on the Commanders. With a, and I mean, right. And there's the debate that is the the success of the Chiefs, Eric Bieniemy, or is Andy Reid is a little bit of both. But I think we're going to really get to see. For six billion dollars, you could be the owner of all that coolness. Six billion dollars. What you gonna do, brother, when the next topic comes for you? Opening day for Major League Baseball happens today, and all 32 teams were in action with the new rules that we've talked about in previous episodes. Some of the best storylines this year include Aaron Judge's encore to his record home run season, and Shohei Otani essentially auditioning for the Yankees or Mets. So, gentlemen, what are we most looking forward to this Major League Baseball season? I'm looking forward to, in a few months, the Yankees having a rolling number one and number two starter that both win 15 games, that give us a, an aggressive way to hit the playoffs in five game and seven game series. I think that Garrett Cole was on fire today. He looks good. Garrett, Garrett Cole struck out first six outs, strikeouts. Um, eleven strikeouts, three hits, no runs. Um, against a Giants team that isn't great, but not bad. Not a mm-hmm. bad Giants mm-hmm. team. The Yankees for many many years, and you guys can tell me if I'm wrong, but hey, we haven't had trouble scoring runs. We score a lot of runs, but yeah, that's not the we, issue. Yeah. We, you know, we peter the out. Bombers. Sorry, right. We peter out. Sorry, Pete. In the playoffs, <laughs> we everybody's hurt and we can't win playoff games and we can't win important playoff games against teams that are like clearly better than us. So every year we hit the Astros. They beat us in five or six because they just have better pitchers than we do. Mm-hmm. And so that is what I'm most excited for. Yeah, I, I think Yankees are going to. They're going to be the team to beat this year. Such New Yorkers. Matt's a Braves hey, fan, I, I'm dude. A, I'm a Braves fan. I hate the Yankees. I hate them with a passion. Yeah, but well, you, hey, you don't think the Braves are going to do that well this year? I mean, they made it. They won the World Series two seasons ago. Uh, yeah, no, no. Did, did anybody? Uh, watch I, I, the World Acuna is going to be healthy. Acuna will be healthy. Max Max Freed, he's done. Like he's out for a while already. He, it was starting. He he left. I don't know when he left, but he left early. He pulled a hamstring or something, so he's out for you know a little while. But I, I just don't see them. You know, the, I I see them. They 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 start out weak every year, like that. You know, mediocre five hundred ball, and then come you know July All Star game, they they finally like oh you know crap we need to play we need to you know and I I just don't think they're gonna have that that oomph the second half of the season talking about i mean the braves are an example of and not this braves or the braves for a while but the braves that i remember the maddox glavin braves talk about an example of a strong pitching staff Mm -hmm. that wins playoff games how those teams didn't win more world series i have no idea Uh, but i mean they couldn't put the runs up yeah (laughs) you know (laughs) i mean they had justice and stuff but they they just couldn't put the runs up these new rules might potentially really help the Braves. The anticipation with these new rules is that stolen base are going to go up and the Braves are a running team. So Mm -hmm. we'll see what happens. Yeah. I'm curious to see how, how long it takes for them for batters or pitchers to adjust. Like, I mean, most pitchers are going to with, what is it? 15 seconds 
Mm-hmm. They have, uh, you know, they're they're most of them, but got a few pitchers that are, you know, they're slow. But it, I think I read somewhere too, Miguel Cabrera was joking. He's like, yeah. he goes, I'm just going to assume every at bat I'm going down, you know, was it zero and one or or something like that? Just because I don't know, wasn't there a rule where the batter has to? He has to be ready with yeah. He has to be ready within eighteen eight seconds of the of okay. The clock. Yeah. Oh wow. So yeah, and there's a lot of there's a lot of batters that take their time getting their stance and getting set. So I'd be curious to see what that does. Well, yeah. One of my all time favorite Red Sox players was Nomar Garcia Parra. And he had, Noma. he had Whoa. such a long routine, you know, adjusting the gloves and then t- hitting the, with the bat. And I mean, mm-hmm. every single time now that routine, you know, in all seriousness, wasn't all that long, but he had to do it every single time. And if he's, you know, if he started too late or whatever like that, maybe the pitch, the clock would have ran out on him. But mm-hmm. uh, I mean, Manny Machado is definitely up there as well with regards to uh, the pitch clock effect. I believe he was the first one to get called for a, a strike um, in spring training this year. Did so I ever tell you guys I met Andrew Jones in, a, in an airport in 96. Really? Hmm. Yeah, we were flying together and I was like. 96 Yankees, right? Playing the Braves. I was like, oh shit, that's Andrew Jones. Hey, sir. And I like shook his hand and stuff, but I was I, like, you know, 15. I always like Jeff and story. And this is the second time bringing him up this episode with him. not hey, being hey, on Jeff. It, when he uh, met uh, Bernie Williams. Mm. Oh, yeah, that is a good story. I've, I've met a ton of Yankees when they played for the AC Yanks. You know, you get ah. Jeter, Bernie, a lot of them played down there. Shows you how little I know about baseball. When I was in college, I was in a track meet that was in like the Disney world track and field place where they had like a bunch of Olympians train. We, um, we actually did convince Gail Devers to go to dinner with us that night. It was kind of awesome. You met Gail Devers. Yeah. She was just hanging out there and this other like U S women's like hammer thrower shot putter that was like way stronger than all of us. It was amazing. Um, but anyway, we, we're down in the weight room there and it was this incredible weight room setup. And we found out that I th- correct me. I could be wrong about this, but I think it was the Atlanta Braves spring training facility. And we were just shooting the shit with this guy down in the weight room. And then we, we left and somebody was like, dude, that's like one of the pitchers for the Atlanta Braves. I was like, Oh my God, <laughs> I had no idea. Well, you, we can just say it was Tom Glavin or Greg Maddox. And then that's really cool. It would have been yeah. summer. You met Tom no. Glavin? <laughs> <laughs> it was spring break 2000. So yeah, they were whatever, little, whatever uh, that lines up with. Yeah. Oh, 2000? Yeah. yeah long time ago. That, College, that was, right? That maybe was maybe the, John Smoltz. Could have been. Could have been. I maybe. A super chill dude. For the thousand listening and the four of us watching, are you ready? Next topic. So, guys, I know nobody cares about this but me, but the time of Anthony Volpe has begun. Uh, For better or worse, he made the regular season roster this week. Um, After a little bit of trolling by Aaron Boone and maybe one of my favorite uh, internet videos, um, he got up and gave him a hug. And so this kid, who has been a lifetime Yankee fan, is a starting shortstop for the New York Yankees. Um, At 22 years old, Volpe hit 302 during spring training with three home runs, five RBIs, five stolen bases, and a slugging percentage of 623. Uh, he only went one for two today. He got walked. Um, as a Yankee fan, though, I'm very excited about this news. I saw a stat that's the youngest starting shortstop or infielder for the New York Yankees since Derek Jeter. Since Derek Jeter, yeah. 
which is what everybody want to say. Um, okay, so the idea of a touted rookie shortstop reminds me of better playoff years. So I rehash my question, is Volpe the real deal? And now that he's going to be an everyday shortstop, is my favorite utility Yankee, Oswaldo Cabrera, free to play left field? As he literally can play every other position. Uh, I'm guessing everyone is touting him as the next Derek Jeter, and especially in the New York sports market. Yeah, yeah, I they mean, are. Everybody <laughs> wants to say it, and everyone's saying it as much as they can. We'll 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 see what happens with that. Time time will tell. Uh, I mean, he's he's getting off to a pretty good start. The Yankees are looks like they're they're uh, enjoying the fruits of their labor right now with an actual healthy farm system. Right, they're bringing up all these people that they. They actually scouted back in the day and didn't trade away. We'll see what happens. I, I think that is the the formula for a championship team is you do have your your stars that you're play that you're paying top dollar for, but you also have to have that young talent, that young hungry talent. I was a little sad that Dominguez didn't make the team because Dominguez started really really sharp in um in spring training. I also Dominguez is a much lower prospect, even though he's in the top 100, and he did start well, but he hasn't been in AAA long enough. And that was the plan for Volpe all along, was to give him his time in single A and then really push triple A last year and um, give him a good shot in um, spring training. He had a 50-something at bat, so he really was trying out for the position. And I think that now that he's done it, the Yankees have a lot of flexibility, like trading Gleyber Torres and um, opening up that infield for... Donaldson to maybe come back, DJ to maybe come back. So I'm really excited by it. That's how the Yankees were so dominant in the mid to late 90s, right? They had a bunch of young talent. That mid 90s team was all homegrown, except for Paul O'Neill, the guy from yeah. the Reds. It was, you know, everybody was homegrown that mid 90s team that won all those games. But they had, they had the superstars too. They had the Roger Clemenses and then the Wade Bugses and the, the Wade Bugses. <laughs> the Wade so yeah, you, you have to have that, that yeah mix of superstar talent and homegrown talent in order to be championship and to win m- many championships. Is Volpe local? I don't know where he's from, but he grew up a Yankee fan. There are literally tweets that I was reading this week where he's 17 in high school uh, on the socials about like Didi Gregorius and all his favorite Yankees. Mm. I just want to know when Jeter Downs is going to be a Yankee. He was on the Red Sox for a while. And yes, he was actually named after Derek Jeter, but he was, I believe, released by the Red Sox last year, or they just didn't resign him. I don't know where he is now, but I'm guessing he wants to be a Yankee because his name is Jeter. But Wikipedia says that Volpe's from Wachung, New Jersey, and grew up in the Upper East Side. Oh, okay. There you go. Yeah. So it's not immediately local, but Tri- close Tri-state enough. area, baby. Jersey Tri- yeah. Yeah, guys, all my extended families from mid and south Jersey, and we're all Yankee fans. That's where I learned to be a Yankee fan from Jerseyites. Do I think the Yankees actually have what it takes maybe to win a championship this year? I actually don't, but it's a long season. It's a 162 game season. A lot can happen, and those well, the Yankees who, had who kind of a rough spring training. Um, Rodan, who they just got from the Giants, he's hurt. Um, Nestor's hurt. Um, if Garrett Cole gets to use pine tar. Maybe he'll be good. He looked like he, was using pine. he looked like he was using pine tar today. So I have hope. Isn't that banned though now? Yeah. yeah. Tomatoes, tomatoes. So they're supposed to, actually that that's a good question. Like, are they checking the gloves uh, like every two or three innings again? Again, or I think do they, they stop doing? That? I think that that's the strat, the, the plan. Because there used um, to be like a gross amount of it. Anytime I'd watch baseball, I mean, Garrett Cole last everywhere. last year didn't he like start crying at his press conference because he, he was like very upset. He was very upset. Very upset. Hey, baby, do you want a next topic?
When the main event comes around on Sunday, Roman Reigns will be a champion for 943 consecutive days, and even more if he wins the match. He currently sits as sixth longest title reign in the company's history. So, gentlemen, where does Roman Reigns fit amongst the greatest champions? So, I, I don't know if you guys have watched this, but on Peacock, they have a real... Because Peacock now owns, you know, the broadcasting for world wrestling, they have a lot of really cool um, documentaries. Um, Sasha Banks has one. Roman Reigns has one. The Roman Reigns one talks about the transition that he made, like being in that Uso bloodline, um, being related to The Rock, and starting as a hero, and sort of being kind of atypical and not that popular. And mm-hmm. um, they sort of benched him, like he wasn't very yeah. the the fans didn't really like him, but like Vince McMahon and the company really liked him, so they were really mm-hmm. touting him mm-hmm. as the guy. This is the guy who's going to lead us into the next decade, who's going to be the champion for a long time. But the fans hated him because he mm-hmm. it was very obvious that the WWE wanted Roman Reigns to be a success, and yeah, so kind of forcing him on you. Yeah, they were forcing him on us, right? Uh, they they doubted. They, I mean, they donned him as the next John Cena, and you know, fans loved to boo John Cena later fans on, but they never John turned John Cena into a heel. But they clearly did that with Reigns. I I, mm. I think they should have turned Cena that into they a heel. Needed to. Yeah. They, oh, I agree with you. You know, and, and so Reigns always had the the talent, mm-hmm. but you gave him Paul Heyman. That's it. Paul Heyman can turn anybody into gold. You can tell he's worked on his mic skills too, because he was yeah. kind of he was kind of awful when he first came out, and he's much better now. Right. Well, they give him free. <laughs> no pun intended. They give him free reigns on it. You know, <laughs> they, they, they're not scripted. It's not yeah, like yeah, yeah. here's some bullet points we want you to hit, but go have go have fun. And, yeah, yeah. You know, he just he did. He 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 has taken off in the last like two years. Um, I think Brock Lesnar helped him elevate it. Mm-hmm. Paul Heyman definitely helped him Absolutely. elevate. And and you, you got guys that he's going against that have just built him up. I mm-hmm. mean, he's he's hit them all. I assume you don't know this, Pete. Roman Reigns actually in that time where he was not being very successful, he also got a leukemia diagnosis. And mm-hmm. so oh, Roman sure. Reigns is a top level WWE um um contender. Um, has been a champion for 900 days and has leukemia. And so around that time, he left, he dealt with this stuff, and then he came back. And I wasn't really watching at this point, but he came back and he was a bad guy. And everybody likes bad guy Roman Reigns. Mm-hmm. Okay. So re- reinvent, use the opportunity to reinvent himself, basically. Yes. Yeah. Oh, that, mm-hmm. That's usually what happens when superstars are away for a long time. They can they kind of go back to the drawing board and right. let's, let's like I'm redo back, certain things. Um, yeah. one, one thing that I've actually really enjoyed with the, this Roman Reigns era is the fact that he never turned into a face because that has definitely happened with some long title reigns because, you know, some you have to in order for him to face new competitors, he has to now turn so that he's facing like if he was a heel. Now he has mm-hmm. to be facing the bad guys. Now he has to face all the good guys because he's already faced all the uh, all, all the other right. ones and, and whatnot. But he has remained a heel even though the fans love him even more than now. I mean, everyone loves putting up those one signs and, <laughs> and they repeat, uh, they, they cheer for him, like acknowledge me. And uh, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, I hate the fact that most WWE fans, they just want to participate in being part of the show and they'll just 
yell anything they want. I mean, hell, <laughs> they they uh, whenever when Miz TV is on, they yell at Miz TV, even though Miz is one of the hatest, most hated uh, superstars on the roster. <laughs> yeah, I, I hope they give him something before he runs out. Like something, I don't know what, but they got to bring him back in there. Mm. He, he 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 was always good. He, he a mic. He can talk on the mic. Mm. Do you guys watch matter. Heels on Showtime? No, no I, I don't have, have Showtime. That, but I so to. Heels on Showtime, and I haven't watched it yet. But Stephen Amell, one of my favorite um, action, mm-hmm. like does his own stunts. Actor Stephen oh, Amell yeah. played a you, Green Arrow. Right, he played the Green Arrow in the Arrowverse on the WB. Stephen yeah. Amell does so much of his own stunts that he finished Ninja Warrior course on Celebrity Ninja Warrior because he's just that awesome. And he's a big wrestling fan. I think I mentioned before that he did a whole arc with Cody Rhodes on the mm-hmm. WWE. Um, and he jumped in. He he did his own wrestling. So he has a show about being a heel um, in like kind of the birth of wrestling and what that means. And so Pete, what they do, heel is, if you didn't know, heel is the name for the bad guy. And so Okay. I can gather that from what you were saying. Faces from the good guy. And the idea is that people love to hate someone in a a semi-scripted show. And so it's semi-scripted and you're hateable on purpose. Oh, yeah. All right. So real quick, these are actually the... uh, So I I said he was number six. The top five uh, title reigns for for longest title reigns, rather. Uh, Number five, Pedro Morales at 1,027 days. Number four, Bruno San Martino at... 1237 number three hulk hogan at 1474 number two bob backland at 2135 days even though there was a small he did actually lose a title in between to antonio Inoki, but that title reign was not recognized and then number one is bruno san martino again for 2803 days holy cow what era was he from he was back in the seventies. Oh, yeah. Okay. But you gotta think about back then too. Like, you know, Reigns is every month. He's you know, he, yeah. they're doing that. Back in those days, it was like, you know, every six months they're oh, mm-hmm. here's yeah. a title match, yeah. you know, and then and then they're gone for six months. You don't <laughs> see them. Right. I was so gonna say there's probably was, fewer fewer wrestlers too in that. So era, also, Pete, imagine. there are um there's two cable shows a week and the champs always have to defend. Oh wow! Yeah. So it's They're really contentious now. Number seven. Yeah, number seven was CM Punk, and yep. during that reign, Paul Heyman guy. Paul Heyman guy. Yep. <laughs> and he wasn't at the beginning. I mean, CM Punk could talk on the mic. So I'm trying to go back to my memory banks. This is the same Undertaker, Paul Heyman, right? No, you're thinking uh, of Paul no, Bearer. No, that was Paul Bearer. Bear. They look the same. Paul Paul <laughs> no. Heyman. Paul Heyman was the uh, the uh, creator of ECW. Paul Dangerous. And then he came over when WWE bought out ECW. All right. Stone Cold Next Topic. I love you, man. That was (laughs) awesome. So we're talking about the greatest wrestlers of all time right now. And so being WrestleMania weekend, I want to know, first off, let's just talk about how have there been 39 WrestleManias and how are we sold? There are a ton of exciting things planned for the weekend. There's going to be two women's division championship matches. We just talked about another Roman Reigns title defense. There's going to be a tag team championship match with the Usos. And guess what? KO and uh, Sami Zayn are back together and probably the great Rey Mysterio's last WrestleMania. And so what match are you looking the most forward to this weekend? And what do you think the greatest WrestleMania match of all time was? Uh, I'm really looking forward to the Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens versus the Usos Mm. match. I don't know. Whether or not they're going to beat the Usos, but I think 
The story behind that match has been one of the greater sto- WrestleMania storylines that has been is up there. Is this the payoff for this arc? This is like a year-long arc now. Is this the payoff? Essentially. I don't think so. I think, I think so. it's gonna. I think it's gonna keep going. You think it's gonna keep going? It could. Oh yeah, it I, could. I think so. I mean, in 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 general, WrestleMania tends to be the end of a lot of storylines. So yeah. they they do tend to have a lot more faces win because they're again they're trying to wrap up a bunch of things. Uh, we'll see what happens. Yeah, I I, I like. A, yeah, I agree with Matt. It could go on. So that's why I don't really know who's actually going to win that match. Personally, I actually don't think the Usos should lose the titles to Owens and Zayn at WrestleMania, uh, but it could happen eventually. Yeah, I agree with you. I think Solo, some something's going to happen. Somehow they're going to continue the story with Solo, the the uh, the 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 new guy. I think they're gonna they're gonna work him into that Bloodline storyline is going to keep going because they're going to have to build to the Rock next year. You yeah, know, Matt, Reigns and the Rock. I I I, I kind of brought this up. I think another episode, but yeah, I don't think you you heard my potential my 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 the way that I would write WrestleMania, uh, the at least the main event. Like it would have, I, I would get definitely get Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens in on the match and the entire Bloodline as well, and everyone would just start fighting and and whatnot, and then somehow Cody Rhodes would just would pin. Roman Reigns in the end like I think that would be the ultimate end to that storyline mm-hmm. um but the, does again the, does I, the rock somehow make him lose his title no 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 <laughs> no I don't think we're gonna see the rock at all I don't uh, that's another match with Cody Rhodes versus Roman Reigns I actually don't know I, I don't know if Cody Rhodes is actually going to I actually I think he is just because knowing the business behind wrestling I think Cody yeah. Rhodes came back to the WWE because he what he must have been guaranteed a, a title in, oh, in yeah. this had to have I mean you knew he was going to win the rumble <laughs> yeah. yeah oh yeah definitely do you think they're going to skip the opportunity to not get Rock at least on camera with? Oh, uh, he's absolutely going to be there with WrestleMania being in LA. Yeah, what was some other? Uh, the Super Bowl was was in LA, and he was at the Super Bowl, so he's yeah, definitely going to be there. In some capacity, he'll be there. I, but I don't think he'll actually get involved in the match. So let's no. talk about our favorite WrestleMania matches, and I'm just going to say Ultimate Warrior versus Hulk Hogan because I still remember watching there. that match. Yeah, I you know I I I've been thinking about. WrestleManias since you you invited me on tonight and uh I got I got a few I got you know Savage and Steamboat from yep, three yep you know it, it the match was short but it was a great story leading to it um you know Jericho and Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania I think it was nineteen yep great lead great story going into it good match you know Hogan and The Rock at eighteen just like nobody expected that match to be. That was better than you know. Expected. It wasn't. It wasn't a great match. But it wasn't it was, a great match, but it was better than we expected. It was. Everybody was involved in it. Like I, I like that was amazing. And um, I, I had no idea those two overlapped. Well, this was Hogan when, kept coming back. The, yeah. So this was after uh, WCW went out of business and WWE bought them out. Okay. So mm-hmm. they got all of the the wrestlers from WCW, of which Hogan was part of that. So right. Yeah. Sting. I, Sting. I think. Oh, yeah. Sting. yeah i uh, man he got he got the sore end of that's you know i i expected more but yeah, i don't know if i had to think my best i i'm i i'm gonna go with uh savage hogan my powers explode 
Mega Powers, yeah, that was a good one too. Uh, my two favorite WrestleMania storylines and matches, definitely Yeslemania or the Yes Movement, however you want to call it, Daniel mm-hmm. Bryan. Uh, I mean, Occupy Raw, I think, is, by the way, my all-time favorite Raw moment when the entire audience took over the the ring. Because I, I actually don't... I'm not 100% sure how planned that was because it could have gone <laughs> so wrong. Because yeah. literally the audience was in the ring chanting yes with him oh, uh, and then having scary, him yeah. having to go through the those two sets of matches. Um, but th- another one, I, I think it doesn't get enough. I was doing some research on this because I almost talked about this as well. One one storyline that wasn't on a lot of the in the Internet, the triple threat match between Ronda Rousey, Charlotte Flair and Becky yeah. Lynch. That's the story. Storyline leading up to that was absolutely amazing. They were the uh, they the big main event at WrestleMania, and they deserved to be too. And yeah. that match was amazing. Yeah, the only they got that that black mark just for the botch finish, but other than yeah. that, that was a great <laughs> match. That was very that was a great first women's main event mm-hmm, mm-hmm. to Mania. How long has Rousey been part of WWE? Then she lost. You remember whatever year that was? Oh, yeah. She pretty much went right over. Four or five years now. Yeah, like right after um, our, our buddy Scott and I were went to a Sabres game and saw on a fifty very, foot screen her get roundhouse kicked she in the lost face. Her title, actually, that yeah. was uh, that was something to see. That not yeah. that wasn't WWE. That was uh, yeah. It was a January after that. Right. Yep. Okay. Because she debuted at Royal Rumble. Woo! Next topic. There's definitely not enough TV time to go around for all the professional wrestlers, and some don't quite get the respect they deserve for whatever reason. These wrestlers either dominate the dark matches not seen on TV, don't get shown at all, or sometimes move to a different promotion altogether. So, gentlemen, what wrestler needs to get more of a push from WWE, or who do you miss that is no longer with WWE? My number one, by the way, and I, I was really uh, enjoying the fact that she got a, a push at one of the main events, and then she just ran out uh, off tv was alexa bliss uh when she was the goddess i i and uh she five feet of fury i loved that storyline i loved her character uh and she 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 turned into a heel again and i thought they yeah, were gonna like go back crazy to crazy alexa bliss mm-hmm. yeah and actually i really like the, the the gray characters that are like not really faces or heels but sort of chaos and that's what alexa bliss was for a little while that i really really enjoyed yeah yeah, you know, I I really loved when Liv Morgan finally got her mm-hmm. little moment in the yep. the spotlight. Yeah, you know, I I think storylines weren't great, but I think she yeah. deserved it. I'd like to see her get back into that. I got to tell you, and she's not underrated anymore because she's so popular. But I really have always liked Rhea Ripley. Oh, absolutely. You know, I and up I'm, until very recently, she was a little bit underrated, right? Yeah, and I and I don't I don't know. Like, I think that's going to be. The dud of Mania Weekend, Flair and Ripley. The Flair and Ripley. I actually, I, I, I kind of agree with that. I think it's still going to be a good match. I kind of want to watch those tall women punch each other in the face. I, <laughs> I actually, she, I, I think Ripley actually deserves the title, but I don't know if she's going to because it's, she's, it's a different promotion. But we'll see if they, if they do a draft after WrestleMania. I don't know. Yeah, I, I, th- I just don't think Flair's gonna. Flair does. She's, she doesn't sell for people. She doesn't. Like if you watch her matches, she's not a good like face she'll get anymore. blasted, yeah. and then it's like, oh, I got hit. Oops, let me just fall down right now. And, I, and she just doesn't seem to like care about the other person and and want to like help them. 
but I think that's going to be the dud of the the weekend. I just I, I don't know. I I I liked Ripley in NXT, but I don't think she shined in the in the main roster. I, I don't think Braun Breaker is going to do great if he gets called up. Mm. I, I just don't. Um, uh, but as to like who's not really in the picture right now that I think they should. That's a tough one, but I. All right, let know, me I, let me list some names for you. Uh, so you have uh, Elias slash Ezekiel. There's a great example right off the gate. Like Elias is the next Macho Man. Uh, Build him. Hmm. Well, how do you like the Braun Strowman Ricochet tag team? I, I don't like Braun Strowman, but I do like Ricochet. I okay. liked him when he was in the the Lucha Underground. He was mm-hmm. Prince Puma. I thought, you know, I think he's talented. I just don't think they have anybody that can match up. However, that spot with him and Logan Paul, the rumble, you put those two together. I think you might have something, but what do we think about Finn Balor abandoning like rough and tumble Irish guy and coming back out as the demon I, for WrestleMania? I love it. He's got it. I love He's it. got it. Yeah, I can. That's the one match I'm looking forward to the most is edge. And, and, and I try to avoid spoilers leading up to mania just because but i read one and then i was really secretly hoping for this to happen and i read i'm not gonna i won't ruin it for anybody else but i read something that i really hope is true i uh i mean you have the demon king who's been undefeated in all his matches and but you have edge who you know this is supposed to be the arc of the storyline you got a lot of interesting things going on with that so We'll we'll see what I I think actually they've done an awful job of building that that match. Yeah, for a lot of matches this mania they they haven't built as well as they could have. Um, I I think there's a lot of kind of duds on the card, but mm-hmm. you know the few good matches that are going to be on there are going to outweigh those duds. You know, like the tag team thing, Viking Raiders. Like they you know they dropped the ball. They're on so that. inconsistent with the Viking Raiders. Yeah, like there, there's a lot they could do, especially with Valhalla slash uh, Sarah Logan coming back. And mm-hmm. They they totally screwed that up. And then uh, yeah. I, I have an, I have two other names I want to mention: Lacey Evans, who I think deserves a push, and she's they've been they've been showing like vignettes of her, and yet they still can't do anything with that. Right. And then um, someone who I love watching in the ring because he's just a big ball of energy is Madcap Moss. Yes. Which he can't. Be, he shouldn't be Mad Cat Moss anymore. No, he's dating Emma. He's he's dating Emma. Dating or married Emma. Cool. He's dating Emma. Yeah, that's a what do we think about Akira? Akira? Who's a- yeah Akira Tazawa. I mean, he is <sighs> very athletic. He is. I, I just I think he's going to be more. You're going to see him as a develop, developmental guy. He's going to help the guys get over and. I, mean, I think, he and I think big, he's happy with that. He was a big part of the twenty four seven title, and now the twenty four twenty four seven title is no more. Right? Yeah. Where would our truth go? He just disappeared. I know. Also, what's I our loved thoughts him about what Oscar's arc is now that she's back? Because I love Oscar. Oh, I, I love the new dark character. For I her. think they screwed it up, though. She's supposed to be they a did. heel, and they yeah. she's not a heel. I mean, they're kind of trying to make her into a heel now, but I mean, they, she's fighting Bianca, who is. The face of the I, I love it. By the way, I love this. New, I, I've been thinking for a while. Oscar needs to a reboot to her her gimmick, and I mm-hmm. I love it. But again, I think they screwed it up. 
they could they could have done a much better job i really like the ending of the rumble though i thought that her getting her cheat move off yeah. Rhea winning barely like i thought that that was a really good end yes uh, that's one of the I'm, I'm that's day two that's sunday night and that's one of the ones i'm looking forward to i was kind of hoping that was saturday but yeah because this year I, I had all yeah and i was like i was like oh i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm just gonna throw some est burgers on the grill and <laughs> like you know and it's like you know and then i'm like she likes Rhea's her favorite Rhea's her favorite heel so as long as we get one lady match i think she'll be good well i, I think that's yeah, what they do Ripley the, and flares on saturday the, the women yeah. of the uh, the women's wrestlemania whoever champion they that's usually the saturday main event they're doing both divisions right mm-hmm. Rhea and charlotte and oscar and uh bianca i actually i have a good story here though uh, kind of a good story. Baron Corbin, I think, also has been badly managed. I mean, now they're they're kind of doing that old soury storyline from before. Yeah, uh, I met him when he when I was down in in Florida a couple weeks ago. Though he was he happened to be walking the course at the this um, watching the Players Championship, hmm. and I I recognized him right away. And he was really weird because no one else was around him. Because mm. I guess wow. most golf fans aren't also wrestling fans, but <laughs> I, I got I was able to talk to him and he's You're an enigma like a real guy. Um, That's cool. He also he has one of the best Instagram pages too. By the way, he like because he all he does is just cook a bunch of meat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you didn't know? Your ass better call the next topic. So WWE CEO Nick Khan made the rounds on CNBC this week discussing how his intention to sell the WWE is going. A new report out on Tuesday has several parties interested in the sale of the WWE that is expected to conclude in the not too distant future. Uh, Khan reports that the sales process is going quite well and Endeavor, the holdings company that owns the UFC, is in the running with the understanding that they would spin off the UFC into a new company and merge with the WWE. I personally love the idea of a merger between the UFC and the WWE. Uh, There's already a shared talent pool, which we've discussed, and I assume that extends to coaches and management. So what's our thoughts of the sale of the WWE, a merger with the UFC, and what that looks like for the future of sports entertainment? I have a quick question with that. So how how does that work, though, when like UFC is actually kicking the shit out of each other and WWE, while being extremely athletic and stuff, is more entertainment based like I, I, they're I don't all know. the same people it, i mean there are probably okay. um and guys correct me if i'm wrong but five or six current um ex-ufc uh stars over the last five years that are in the wwe roster right now oh yeah right yeah, we, we did just talk and about not even just WWE. Over too. yeah it's AEW, but you got you got rousey you got brock you got bobby Baszler. lashley you got Shayna baszler you right. had marina sharif um, whoever the other horsewoman was from from Ronda Rousey's crowd there. I mean, um, honestly, Ronda Rousey got tired of getting kicked in the face, mm-hmm. still wanted to make mm-hmm. a lot of money. Mm-hmm. And they go from the UFC to the WWE and they make a lot more money. And yeah. so oh, totally, it's really yeah. a no-brainer for the ones that have aged out of like the competition aspect of it, but still want to work in a place that lets them be athletic and kind right. of do a contact sport. I, I could see that. I, I think I guess my thing was like as long as they are still branded as like distinct entities that people oh, understand they will. what each one is. I mean, you're you're absolutely right because you, you said it before. I mean, UFC is real fighting and WWE is you know stage fighting. So I mean, still really difficult for those people. Oh, absolutely no. The, the, moves, what, but... the athletic prowess that they need to do all those moves is definitely sure. a lot different than it was back in back in the day, back right. even before we were born. To to me though, it makes me it makes me sad to to 
uh, think that UFC and, and WWE might be within the same parent company because I, I mean, to me, they are separate and they probably will remain separate. But uh, th- I mean, there's definitely going to be a lot of cross promotion going on. Uh, yeah. yeah. You'll see marquee matches. Yeah. I think, you know, like, okay, Mania's coming. Let's bring a guy over. And Well, there'll be more UFC that go over to WWE than the other yeah. way around. Yeah. I, I like John's idea that it's almost like it makes it easier for UFC fighters to transition if they want to, like, end their, you know, getting kicked in the face part of their career to, like, something a little more sustainable long term. Well, I but, think Endeavor is really, like, of all the all the reading that I've done for who's going to buy the WWE, I think that's the one that makes the most sense. I think it makes sense, um, yeah. man- and from a management aspect, from a programmatic aspect, from a financial aspect, I think it's a really smart move. Honestly, I'm more and afraid. I'm more afraid of the creative side though, because if there are people from UFC that are going to start writing for WWE. I'd be a little worried about that. I hope Triple H kind of stays on because I really enjoy where he's taken the company. Although, uh, I mean, you know, Stephanie McMahon is really no longer there and and Shane McMahon also no longer there. Although I did look on the the WWE uh, website and they are actually still listed under the superstars, which I, I find a little uh, funny. Mm. Are they in the alumni section? No, no. They're listed <laughs> as current superstars. Wow. All right. There is something going on with Vince, um, and some of the struggles that have been kind of theorized for the sale is that Vince seems to want to still be around, and all the management, Shane and Stephanie, mm-hmm. they're all leaving, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So the question is, does a new company want to deal with Vince? I think the UFC certainly could deal with Vince. Um, we had mentioned this before, but there is still some Saudi Arabian holding companies that are kind of sniffing around yeah. the sale. Um, I hope that doesn't happen, right? Because yeah. that that I think of, that'll kill it. Yeah, who knows why, what can happen in that? You know, all your women case. are gone. Rhea's Ugh. gone. Flair's gone. You know, they're done. They're not going to have women wrestling. Well, I don't. I don't uh, think they well, would agree. To, if they like, make them money, they might. No, but if, if Saudi Arabia forced them to do that, I don't think WWE would actually do that because yeah. there's a they've done work so long and hard to get the women out there. So I I don't think that would be a part of it if that were. To Real athletics in the women's division is very exciting to me, not only because I have a daughter who likes it. Right, I think that there are. You know, what is it, 35 or 40 women right now? They are up and coming women and they are real, honest athletes doing cool yep. things. Like Bianca Belair is a, um, she is an ex college uh, track star and almost Olympian, right? And so mm-hmm. this is what she's doing with her athletic prowess, which I think is super cool. Yeah. Wait, this WrestleMania, this weekend, you have, uh, off the top of my head, I believe there are 14 women on the card. Right. How awesome is Which that? Is, so yeah, there's yeah, two championship cool. matches. There's the uh, the six woman tag with damage control, and uh, yeah, so there's going to be Trish more because you, you have the showcase as well. So there's actually more. There's so there's because there's going to be eight women in the that eight, showcase. Six, 14, 16. So you got eighteen women mm-hmm. on the card, not including you know any potential valets or whatever that may came come out, you know, Alexa bliss may have a cameo. If, if the Bray Wyatt, Bobby Lashley match happens, um, yeah, you know, whatever sh- happened to that? <laughs> is, is something's going on with Bray. Yeah. Something's going on with Bray. I don't know. I like the whole uncle, uncle howdy. I was excited. Cause Bo Dallas, was Bo Dallas be coming back. Yes! and then it's like, it disappeared. <laughs> oh. So, 
I don't know. I but I do like the UFC. I hope that is the one true because that'll keep to the content. You know, Disney and all them. They're gonna they're gonna ask for changes. They'll water it down. Yeah. Yeah, and it, yeah. it just it Triple H has worked too hard the last year to to bring it mm-hmm. back. Not so much R rating, but PG thirteen and plus. I uh, a friend uh, a friend and I we like to go back and look at the old Attitude Era promos that they did on Instagram. And we all like, wow, they could never get away with this shit now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Austin 316 just says, I kicked your next topic. Steroid usage has been a major issue in the WWE for many years. While the company has implemented drug testing policies in an effort to curb steroid use, there have been numerous cases of wrestlers getting caught using performance-enhancing drugs or just suspected of using and never caught. The use of steroids can lead to serious health problems, including liver damage, cardiovascular disease, and mental health issues. The double murder suicide of Chris Benoit certainly comes to mind. The WWE has made efforts to address the issue, but the use of performance-enhancing drugs remains a controversial topic in the industry. So, gentlemen, how prevalent do you think steroids existed or even still exist in professional wrestling? I think the most prevalent use besides just size has to be injury recovery. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, and, it, and I mean, it's the uh, same yeah. in all professional sports, but you think about it, their schedule is insane, yeah. especially with this mandatory title defenses, two cable events a week. Yep. The cable events are four freaking hours, guys. Mm-hmm. Four hours. Mm-hmm. That's a and, lot. And that's not including and, the dark matches that they don't right, show. Right. Right. So the problem, I think, is that they're required to work constantly to travel. To sleep in well, they're required to be there, regardless of whether or not they're on TV. They're required to be there, Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. so, I mean, if all you're doing is jumping off of ladders onto other human beings, you're going to get hurt. And how do you recover to wrestle in three days after that happens? Well, you Mm -hmm. take steroids. Mm -hmm. You know what? What? uh, What? Something that always came to mind. I mean, John Cena. The guy's enormous, and his veins are always popping. But, you know, he was never he's never actually officially been tied to steroids. But there was one injury that he had. I think it was his elbow or his bicep. It was something. He it was, was his bicep. Be, he was supposed to be out for like six to nine months. And he came back in three. Yeah, oh, that doesn't seem natural. Right. Yeah, no. Yeah, that, that was it, <laughs> you're right. He's never been tied there, but it's unspoken. Mm hmm. But I guess you think about the style of athletes that join the WWE, right? You have the contact sports guys, but you also have the ex-football guys. Mm -hmm. And Mm. when it's a question of performance and size, I mean, steroids come up very naturally, right? It seems like it's the easy way for all of this. And it'd be very tempting, I would imagine, in that line of work. Wrestling back mm-hmm. in the day also had something very similar to Major League Baseball. They almost like encouraged the the guys to use. I mean, Hulk Hogan has uh, also been kind of tied to it. He's been in part. Uh, he's been a part of multiple uh, lawsuits regarding it, uh, not mm-hmm. not directly for for him, but he, people he was affiliated with. Mm-hmm. And he's outright said, "Oh no, I've never used it." Um, you know, who choose to believe that or not um randy orton has been involved like he's actually probably the most famous wrestler that has been accused of this since the wwe put their quote-unquote wellness wellness program into effect 
Um, and he's not a large guy. I mean, he's a big guy, but he's, he's not large. Well, do you remember when he was younger? Up. He was he was kind of he was kind of skinny, and then yeah. one day he was bigger. <laughs> yeah, Are you sure he didn't just take the Captain America super serum. No, he looks have. like he did. Yeah. He is super. Yeah, I mean, look at Triple H too. I mean, oh yeah, you, you know he look was at Vince right. when he was actually in the oh, wrestling. God, yeah. Yep. I mean, you, you can watch, there's a wrestle, there, I can't remember, I think it was the WrestleMania match with The Undertaker. You look at Triple H's back, and there is nothing but acne all over his back. It's like, you're roided. Wow. I mean, you come back and you're pudgy and everything, and then three weeks later, you're just ripped and jacked. <laughs> the Big what's interesting about professional Big wrestling, though, bump. in all sports, is that the fat guy also can wrestle mm. and so there is, always, there is always there is always been <laughs> a real big dude wrestling I mean, um andre the giant andre one of the andre most the famous giant, ever the big show yokozuna um mm -hmm. who's that guy now uh bronson omas omas yeah omas oh, omas is omas. fat though but yeah the, the fat guy also can play right so mm -hmm. that's interesting he I still mean, needs to be bronson strong, Reed. though yeah, Bronson Reed's oh, almost, yeah. he's 350. That guy goes up and off the top rope oh, like it's nothing. Oh, I, 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 I love that, that finishing. The, what, what do they call it? The the tsunami? Is that what they call the? <laughs> Something like that, yeah. But, I mean, it, the, he, it's effortless for him. And, and it just makes right. me think of uh, the natural disasters, like, because uh, Typhoon. Yeah, Typhoon, Earthquake, yeah. Uh, John Tenta. I mean, those guys wow. may look fat, but they still have, probably have an enormous amount of muscle, like, underneath some of oh, those absolutely. layers, Oh, right? absolutely. Mm-hmm. So like yep. offensive linemen, you know, like I mean, 330 pounds, offensive linemen strong. Those good are luck those moving guys. those yeah. people. But yet, well, look somehow at they can still move around quickly. Yeah. The Rikishi, man, he, he could get from one corner to the other that that yeah. ring. Nothing also, flat. Also right. a Nuso, right? Also, also a Nuso. <laughs> it's a good thing the ring is like funny. Huge. He was fought too from the head shrinkers. He was oh. fought too with the head shrinkers. Yeah. <laughs> Ed Trinkers, that's that's definitely one of the most underrated tag teams out there. Yes, it uh, is. Go, going back to Chris Benoit, I know we're out of time. Um, I mean, that was definitely one of the saddest stories uh, that you you've, you would ever hear in mm -hmm. wrestling. And Chris Benoit was also, he was so beloved inside and outside the ring. And the fact that, you know, he, he did what he did and it completely changed the way people feel about him. And it, it definitely seems that steroids was the issue with that oh it, 100 there's no way that that wasn't a roid thing and and it's unfortunate because now they've erased him from everything they chris have. jericho chris jericho is going on record saying you know he goes i he goes you erase chris benoit he goes you might as well erase the first 15 of, years of, of my career yeah because that's all it was was benoit guerrero malenko jericho like they were wcw and then it's just it's sad. There was a, uh, I, I saw something on Instagram. Uh, Paul Heyman was doing some kind of Q&A and someone asked him about uh, Chris Benoit and Heyman went off. Like yeah. Heyman was definitely not a fan of Chris Benoit because basically because of what he did. In a lot of respects, uh, I, I agree with Heyman. Was Benoit an amazing wrestler? Yes. Uh, but the fact that he did what he did, I don't know. It's, it's yeah. not black and white. And unfortunately- no. It'll never be, yeah. Yeah, it's it's very sad, the fact that Benoit, you're right, has been erased essentially from history. I mean, I don't even know, do we go into 
past WrestleMania is on Peacock. Are his matches even on there anymore? Oh, I, 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 don't I know. couldn't I tell you that far. Yeah. Finally, the rock has come to the final topic. So now as per usual, something completely different. Um, <laughs> actor and goop founder Gwyneth Paltrow is facing a $300,000 lawsuit alleging she crashed into a man on a Utah ski slope in 2016, causing him serious injuries. Uh, depositions were read aloud in court this week from both her children, Apple and Moses Martin, and their memories of the events. Uh, the plaintiff, Terry Sanderson, alleges Paltrow skied out of control and hit him in the back, knocking him down, causing a brain injury, four broken ribs, and other serious injuries. Uh, Sanderson was originally suing for $3.1 million, but a judge later ruled that he could only sue for $300,000. Uh, Paltrow denies being at fault for the accident, claiming that Sanderson skied into her, and this is an ex- uh, an attempt to exploit her celebrity and wealth, and she is countersuing for a symbolic $1 in damages, plus costs and attorney fees. So first off, this is insane, right? I mean, yeah. who's at fault, and mm-hmm. why are the rich even suing each other? So I, I, one of the things that I heard from this was the, uh, the guy who's alleging that Gwyneth Paltrow uh, injured him. I guess texted a bunch of people and said that he was about to be famous or, or or something. It's a little shady. Yeah, a little a little shady. Listen, as as much as Gwyneth Paltrow, with all the things that she does with Goop, like her vagina scented candle. <laughs> um, Mark, like, I was really hoping that you were going to bring that up. So, like, uh, it, it, in all seriousness, like she, she Goop is is and uh, and Gwyneth just weird. Like, that's the word that just comes to mind when I think of Gwyneth Paltrow these days. But to watch what's going on with this uh, with, with this lawsuit and the trial, I can't help but not be on Gwyneth's side. And I it's, think I have to be, right? Yeah. And what does she weigh? Like, a hundred pounds on a heavy day? <laughs> right. yeah, but, well, she's, she's skiing, though, yeah. so... My watch has clocked me at 60 miles an hour skiing before, so that's that's enough at 100 pounds to pretty much wreck anything. But again, I, and but do you there think Gwyneth Paltrow's skiing 100 miles an hour, Pete? Prob- probably not. Okay. But even just, if she's going 80 miles an hour or something like that. Do you that, think Gwyneth Paltrow's skiing no. 80 miles an even hour? Even if she's going 20 miles an hour. It's still dangerous. It's still, yeah, that's still pretty fast. And you So Sanderson s- claims that he heard like screaming and all this craziness. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, Paltrow claims that someone came up behind her and she thought some weird perverted thing was going on. And the kids remember her mother, their mother screaming yeah. and um, causing a fuss, cursing, stuff like that. And so really no one actually knows what happens, I think. Uh, so there were no eyewitnesses to this? No, because no. Apple Apple heard commotion with her mother. And you think about this, she's going mm. to Paltrow and Chris Martin's kid. And she's like, you know, 16 years old, 14 years old at that time. So she literally says that she skied down to the lodge and got some food. When I, when I wow. saw them like in the trial doing depositions, or whatever like that, I felt so old. Because I, I was so like, oh old. my God, when did they grow up? Because they, yeah, they're, they're adults <laughs> right, now. Yeah. They're adults. Yep. Just mm-hmm. for for the record, in case people didn't know, it, as far as like skiing rules go, pretty much, uh, the uphill skier is the one responsible for any kind of fault, uh, for any kind of collision or uh, accident. What does but, that mean, Pete? The uphill skier. Yes. What does that mean? If if you're if you're higher up in the mountain than than the one below, and you crash into someone that is below you at a lower so elevation it is, it than is you just are. like driving if you get rear end if you rear end someone it's your fault pretty much mm-hmm. yeah 
Yeah. Is that worth 300000 though? I don't know. Or three point five million, whatever the, what the, the initial are. one was. I mean, I, I blew up my knee skiing just like in a, in a whim. I mean, it's, skiing is dangerous. It, it can, you you're can right. Easily... You're absolutely right. Regardless if you're going 100 miles an hour or 20 miles an hour, that's pretty fast, especially if someone is not looking out uh, for themselves. The evidence that has been at least shown or that what I've seen the, with the clips, it definitely seems that Gwyneth didn't really do anything wrong, but we'll see. I don't know. I don't know what to believe anymore. <laughs> it's going to be hard to prove yeah. anything either way, though, without someone there that can actually vouch for who was where and who and was the out of control. The kids were the closest, and they their depositions are really not very clear. Yeah, that, that, that's that's a tough one. I mean, who do I do I actually think that he's going to win the three hundred thousand or whatever? What? No, I don't think so. Um, will they settle out of court? Maybe yeah, at this point. Well, I don't and know. let's just discuss right. Any place in 2016 where Gwyneth Paltrow was skiing, this man, also rich. And so, in any place where the rich do anything, they don't really do it that intensely. And so, I kind of picture, like, flat slopes with, like, drink stands and, like, yeah. tables. I, I, highly, I, I can't imagine Gwyneth Paltrow on, like, a double black diamond skiing I can't mobiles. imagine like, it. I, I don't know. I, I hear she's a good skier. She likes to ski, so I, I will don't know. say, I did see mm. a video of Chelsea Handler she can rip it down the slopes. She's awesome. At she skiing. can also ski and she, naked, I think. She does it in a bikini. But yeah. <laughs> Very exciting. <laughs> that story was so weird. I was just like, oh my God, I have to bring it up. It, it is it is a goofy one. Yeah. Not goofy, but I mean, like, it's serious. I, I actually injuries, really don't want to be on Gwyneth's Goofy, side. not goopy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> goofy. I actually didn't, when I first heard about this, I was like, no, Gwyneth is wrong. I, don't, I didn't want to be on her side. And then when more details came out, I was like, shit. So that has been our 10 topics. Please follow or like us on our socials at IfTheseBallsPod on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Our website is www.IfTheseBallsCouldTalkPod.com where you can see our sports news of the day. You could talk to us through Discord or visit our online store and purchase some show swag. We would like to thank our guests for joining us. Thank you again, Matt. Yeah, thanks for having me. Thanks, Matt. Thank yeah. you. This is Mark Pesci, and for my partner, John Companion, and producer, Pete Steffen, that's what we feel they would say if these balls could talk.